So there's a very solvable problem that a lot of you guys are making mistakes on every day. And it's so solvable that when I tell you the solutions, you're going to be like, damn, I wish I was doing that earlier. Hi, I'm Martin. As you know, you may know me already as the trading tutor at BetfairTradingCommunity.com, but if not, welcome. Welcome to the show. A little bit of a different intro today, but this is because I really want to plug into something that I want traders to improve on. I want you guys to improve as traders. And if you listen to this podcast for a while, you'll know that's kind of my gambit. My thing is, you know, if you're talking about my one thing, my one thing is to improve you as a trader. So, you know, this might be a bit different if you haven't listened before. We try and focus on the trader itself. This is not going to be some glorified ego fest of me just because I make my living from Betfair. The reality is that actually for you to improve, you've got to start getting better at trading on Betfair, not me. So let's get into it. We're at the end of the season now. Um, and we're at one of those junctures where I think trading is very, very difficult. I think it's difficult because, firstly, we know that April and May there's a massive spike in goals in games. I put a, a graphic up last year and it showed that actually in all of the top five European leagues, the goals go up a, you know, a considerable amount, really, when you look at the course of the season. Uh, over the weekend in the Premier League... I think there was an average of over four goals a game. Now, when you consider that normally that average is around 2.7, you're seeing a massive increase towards the end of the season. Why is this? Well, players get desperate, teams get desperate, some teams go on their holidays. So there's massively different variations of motivation and different motivations from earlier in the season to now. And this is something that people overlook way too often. Um... But I'm, I'm going to tell you how to kind of solve this problem, basically in a nutshell. But one thing that interests me was that I say time and time again, I do not trade the end of the season. I don't trade the last five games of any league. I just don't because I'm not comfortable with it. Betfair trading is all about taking value opportunities. Well, for me and my style of trading, it's based on statistics. It's based on the history of these teams. And if I can't judge that, because I don't know the motivations at this moment, or I think the motivation are different to how they were in this season, then it's not a trade for me. I'm not comfortable taking that risk. And you might think, well, Martin, why don't you just go for it anyway? You know, you trade, just trade. Well, the thing is, this is one thing Betfair traders slip up on a lot. You don't need to force trades. You do not need to force trades in Betfair. Wait for the value to come to you. Too many of you guys just jump in on something and you go... Well, you know, I looked at the stats and it looked like this should be a goal. You know, I looked at the pre-match stats and, and then I'll go, well, you know that this team's got nothing to play for, right? Oh, oh no, I didn't know that. So it's interesting, right? You, you've got to look at this stuff. Look at the league table of the game you're trading. That's one way you can do it. See whether they're motivated or not. But there's actually a much easier way. But what I want people to really think about here is... Why Why are you so desperate to push a trade? You know, why aren't you comfortable just waiting for opportunities to come? Because believe me, they will. There are tens of thousands of football matches every year. You don't need to trade every single one that's on TV. You don't need to trade every single one you're watching on Sky. 
you know, if anything, those games are the ones you should be more reluctant to trade because they'll have more people watching them and, and the edges will probably be slimmer because, you know, well, the bookies know the Premier League pretty well. You know, I've got a trade that I think looks good today and it's actually in the South African Premier League. Do you know why I love that? It's because South Africa, hey, I know that the bookmakers, the people who see the markets on Betfair, they're not going to be as clued up about South African League as they are about the Premier League. That's just a fact, right? So I can take advantage of that. I know that. That's part of how I've made my money on Betfair over the years. Taking advantage of spots where the bookies just do not know, but they still price everything up and they use their they use their own kind of models for pricing. But the reality is they don't know this stuff anywhere near as well as the Premier League. And they won't have they won't set the market in such a sophisticated way either another thing that that people overlook but here's the here's the trick right if you've got a game at the end of a season and you like the look of it from a certain perspective let's say you like you think there's going to be there's going to be a late goal right this game's come up on your late goal filter and then you go and look and there's four games left for the season which for me is danger territory now you've got a couple of options one you can just leave it Right now, I suggest if you if you're not about for the game, if you're out for that match or whatever, and you can't watch the stats or watch the game, don't trade it. That that's simple for me. Now, feel free to record it on your data sheet, especially if it's you know your first few months of testing. You might want to make sure that this strategy doesn't work at this time of year, because it might be a personal thing. You might find that actually, yeah, end of season does work for me. I like trading end of season. Okay, you might be different to me in that way, and that's all good, by the way. That's all good. We're all different. We're all different traders. There's more than one way to skin a cat. There really is. And Betfair, with Betfair trading, there's so many different ways to make money. And you'll see that. If you're on the forum, you'll know, won't you? On BetfairTradingCommunity.com, you'll have seen all the people making money in different ways. And that's, that's beautiful. That's a beautiful thing because it means that we can continue to find edges, exploit edges and push edges as much as we can as traders. But let's say you can watch the game. Well, you don't want to abandon the trade because you're going, well, yeah, it came up on my field or it does look strong. And who knows? The, the teams might be motivated. The, the game might be a normal game. But you're guessing, right? This is the problem. Now, we, we live in a land of prediction. Right, because we're Betfair traders. But what you don't want to get caught doing is trying to completely guess something. I, I always think the more you're guessing, the more you should avoid the trade or the more you're in trouble on this trade because there's a difference between guessing and an educated guess. Right, And you've all heard that phrase, right? Educated guess. There's a massive, massive difference between guessing and an educated guess. And an educated guess comes from using pre-match stats, using some of your knowledge about said strategy, using a certain type of strategy you've tested and seen that it's profitable. And also perhaps knowing, well, this did well in May last year, so I'm going to go with it in May this year. You know, if you've just started testing a strategy, an under strategy, and you get to April, you're going to be in for a bit of a shock because that's, that strategy is likely to take a hammering, right? Pure and simple. Okay, and if it doesn't, fair play to you. You might have a really good strategy there. But the reality is we know goals go up in April and May. The odds don't always account for that. You know, so actually, over strategies have been doing very well in April and the start of May. Ones I've been testing, new ones have been doing well. So 
the reality is that certain times of year definitely help. And if you haven't got any knowledge from the year before, you don't want to be putting your money on in a situation where you go, well, I've got no idea how April does normally because I've never, I've never tested this in April before. So what's the solution? Because you might say, well, Martin, this is great. This is, this is good stuff. This is good, <laughs> this is good tutoring. This is good education for Betfair traders. I agree with what you're saying. It's really solid advice. But how do, what do I do on these games where it looks like it could be a good trade? It's end of season. And I would still like to get on it. Well, here's what you do. You check the in-play stats. I cannot be clear about that. In-play stats at this time of year become so much more important than normal. Right? So I will wait. I always add a wait right, to pre-match stats and in-play stats. Kind of the two types of different stats, right? For me, pre-match stats has always been worth two-thirds the weight of in-play stats. You want all three for the whole, ideally, but if I've only got the pre-match, I can live with that because I know that that's two-thirds of the whole. I don't want to just be relying on in-play stats. So if, if I see an opportunity arise in play and I look at the stats and they look really good in play, I'll always go back to the BetfairTradingCommunity.com software, check that match out and see that the stats pre-match align with what I'm seeing in play. Because if they don't, it's a no-go. I want it to tick, tick, right? Now, if you found a match pre-match that you like, you've already got one of those ticks. But the problem is, towards the end of the season, in-play stats become more important. Why? Because they will show you how motivated the teams are, right? They will show you how much effort the teams are putting in. There's a great example of this um, on the weekend where Roma were playing AC Milan. Now, both teams are still playing for Champions League, but they haven't really got a ton to play for. The title's already over. Napoli have won. Well, if they haven't won it, they well they've won it by the time I release this. That's for sure. But basically, they sewed it up a few months ago. They're so far ahead. Now, it took to the 90th minute to get a shot on target. You're talking about two of the most scoring teams in the division who also concede. And I, and I I was sitting there going, this is this has got home goal written all over it. Until I saw the stats. And I was put off and I left the match. Now, there were actually two goals in the end, incredibly, in the 94th and 97th minute. But the reality is that if that had finished 0-0, it wouldn't have been unfair. And that would have been a massive problem for me. So what you want to look at is the in-play stats and go, OK, this game's pretty dead. There was a Northern Ireland game the other day, um, Glenarvan, and basically... Same story there. Bad in-play stats, finish 0-0, disappointment, okay? In-play stats can be your key to knowing whether your pre-match thoughts were right. You know, I, I had one, another one on the weekend. Brentford playing at home to, I think, was it Forest? Something like that, anyway. They went 1-0 down. But Forest had one shot on target. Brentford had had six. Brentford were really going for all the attacks, all the dangerous attacks, all the in-play stats. I went and checked... Um, on BetfairTradingCommunity.com, they score in nearly all their home games and they're definitely going to have more than one goal in this situation. And you could get on late on and a good price for over 1.5 goals and it ended up with three goals. It was 2-1 in the end to Brentford. And I actually laid Forrest as well at that point, I think around even, something like that. But the point is, you can see these things and when they all add up together, you will feel so much stronger about it. You know, if I'd have gone and seen those Brentford stats and then gone and looked on BetfairTradingCommunity.com software and seen that Brentford don't actually score that much at home and Forrest don't concede that many away from home and 
they don't score many second half goals or late goals, I would have gone, wow, okay, this needs to be avoided. This isn't a trade for me. And it's that simple for me. Once I see one thing that, that puts me off like that, I'm done. Because there's so many opportunities for trading on Betfair. You really don't need to force it. And I feel like it's a definite mistake that newer traders make where they try and force trades that aren't there. When they're not sure it's value, but they go, well, I'll just have a go anyway. Oh, well, you know, I put the evening aside. I told my wife I wasn't going to hang out with her tonight. And now I'm looking through everything and nothing's come up to trade. What am I going to do? What you're going to do is you're going to get off your PC and you're going to go spend some time with your wife, right? Because the reality is the moment you then go, hang on, there's a second division Colombian. I always use this example for some reason. There's a second division Colombian game here. Let me go trade that. Sure, I don't really know anything about the league. I don't really have any stats that say this is a trade I should be making. I did, This didn't come up on any of my filters. But hey, I want to trade something. I'm bored, right? Boredom can be one of the biggest killers to a successful Betfair trader. Don't allow yourself to get bored. I'm not sitting at the computer. If there's no trades interest me that moment and there's no matches that are about to hit half-time or anything like that that could possibly interest me, I'm off my computer. I'm not on my computer. I'm off. Hey, I've probably got to do the dishes. I've probably got to take the rubbish out. I've probably got to spend some time with the wife and the kids, right? There's a million things I could be doing. I don't need to sit here bored. The one thing I certainly don't need to do is go, oh, hang on, there's a Colombian second division game on. Let's go and place a trade, even though I know nothing about it. That's the key, right? This is why the filters work so well. This is why so many people have success building strategies on BetfairTrainingCommunity.com because you build a strategy, it saves a strategy, it gives you your selections each day, And you can either use that as what you're going to trade. You can test it, see if it works. And if it does long term, then go, yeah, I'm going to start trading these. And you might just do it as a set and forget. The other thing you can do, which is really clever, is you can then go, okay, this is my shortlist now. I've got these few games as my shortlist. Now I'm going to go and look at the in-play stats when they're live. And I'm going to see whether this trade does make sense. And if it does, I'm on it. And if not, I avoid it. And that's what really makes Betfair traders confident because when you can check and see that yeah the pre-match stats backed up and the in-play stats back it up then actually this is a strong play do you know what when I get a selection that the pre-match stats and the in-play stats suggest is a good selection and it loses I don't mind like it's funny because and the reason I don't mind is I know I placed a value bet in that spot I'm I'm almost certain that I did. And it's just variance when it doesn't win. It's just bad luck. You know, I had one the other day where the team missed two penalties and a half. You can't account for stuff like that. But I didn't go and cry about it. I didn't go, oh, Rossi, oh you won't believe what's happened to me. I just placed a good trade and lost. And I, I don't know. I don't even know if I should trade anymore. But this is a natural human motion that people feel. They They get upset about those things. But the reality is... I think the more confidence you have in what you're doing, the less you worry about losers. You know, I had on Saturday, I had a nightmare start to my trading day. I think I had three trades and two of them weren't great. One of them could have actually, I mean, two of them could have actually been completely avoided in hindsight. And I went and tweaked a strategy that I was using that was fairly new and made it infinitely better. And since then, basically, the, neither of these teams had a, had a late goal. And since then, the strategies had 93% second half goal strike rate, which is insane, right? But the reality is, actually, I went and tweaked the strategy a little bit 
and I realized the two selections that I lost on, two of the three, I wouldn't have traded on this new variant because they were not suggesting enough that the home team was going to score and they weren't suggesting enough that the away team conceded a lot of goals. And also, they weren't suggesting that these teams like to have, you know, three, four goal thrillers every now and then. You know, if I go and look and in the last five games there was a nil-nil at home, if the home team's playing in the last four games, I'm probably not going to touch it. Even if they've got good stats elsewhere, I'm just going to go, you know what? That's just too... Because again, I don't need to force it. I don't need to force the situation. If it doesn't feel right, if it's not perfect, if it's not the one, I'm not going to do it. You're not going to propose to a girl, are you, if you don't believe in her, if you don't really like her, or a guy, you know, and women propose now. Don't I don't know if there's a leap year soon. There might be, 2024, probably a leap year, because I've got a feeling it's... Oh no, maybe 26. It'll be, be one of the two, right? But anyway, the point is that... If you settle for second best as a Betfair trader in your trades, you will settle for the second best results. And there's only two results in Betfair. You win or you lose. And I know the second best one is losing. So what do you want to do? Do you want to be a losing Betfair trader or do you actually want to win? Because people come to me and they go, you know, oh, this trade lost. I couldn't really, I can't understand why. And I go, okay, let me have a look at it. And then I'll kind of point out a couple of things. Or you'll get one of the things where someone will go, oh, this trade this trade would have won, but I, I traded out in the 90th minute because I thought it was going to lose. And then I'll say, well, how much money did you get back? And they're like, oh, about 10% of my stake. How much money would you want? Oh, about 200% of my stake. It's like the reality is that a lot of people will take bad odds and bad decisions because they get worried in play. The thing is, if you've made your trade for a reason based on pre-match and in-play stats, you can sit back and enjoy the fact that you've made a good value trade. Now, it might not win every time, but I will imagine it will win the majority of the time. And if it doesn't, come speak to me, and there's probably something you're missing that I can point out about it. What stats do I like in play? Well, one thing I'm really into at the moment is going for home teams that score a lot of goals and away teams that concede a lot of goals. The reason for this is if the home team is, say, 1-0 down or 2-0 down at half-time, I think they virtually nearly always get a goal in the second half. So both teams to score will win in that scenario. And often you're getting odds 1.6, 1.7. And the strike rate's insane at the moment. I think it's like 80%, something like that. But the thing is that I'm looking at, right, the last four or five games, has the home team scored in every home game? Yes. Has the away team conceded in every away game? Yes. Okay, this looks pretty solid for a home goal. Now, the home goal might not be next. You might end up 0-2 down. But also, think about it this way. If you're going for a late goal and it's 0-1 and the away team scores, who the hell cares? Hey, away team, go for it. Score as many goals as you like because all I want is a goal if I'm going for a late goal. Now, if you're going for both teams to score, you want the home team to score. But like I say, the home teams are scoring in the majority of these games. Um, actually, I'll just pull the sheet up quickly here while I'm recording this. I know, I, you know, I do all this. I don't have any scripts or anything like that. I know you guys love that, so it's never going to change. Don't worry. Um, so I'm literally searching the strategy right now, um, just to have a little look at how many homes. So when the home team on these on this strategy hasn't scored in the first half, there's only been two games out of, and I've only done a few so far, fourteen. That haven't the home team hasn't scored so 12 times out of 14 the home team is scoring the second half now 
when the score is nil one plus or nil you know nil two nil three something like that just having a quick check here in those scenarios every single time it's gone on to be both teams to score now the thing is you're backing up your pre-match research within play stats that is powerful stuff okay that is powerful stuff in play stats matter a lot the two that lost that didn't have the home team score they had a week in play stats okay they had a week in play stats so even as a set and forget filter it's still having incredibly good success if i removed the week in play stats the home team would have scored in every game that i've recorded just think about that okay and the reality is that you can find value in these situations. You know, the last goal average time in these games is 74 minutes. Second half goal strike rate in the moment is 93%. Now, some of this will revert to mean as we keep testing. But the point isn't even that. The point is that these games are being filtered after they're filtered. And actually, what you're ending up with is something so powerful that you're not really too worried about it. You know, someone said to me on the weekend, Martin, how do you do it? 90th minute goal. How do, you, how do you do it? How do you know there's going to be these goals? And I'm like, I'm not Mystic Mech. It's statistics. I go and study the statistics. I'm obsessed with trading. I love what I do. And I, But I, I, I tell you something I hate is throwing money after bad, right? I really, really am tired of my money. Ask anyone in my life. Like, me and Roz, we literally live like paupers. Like, we're so poor each month. We hardly, you know, I hardly spend any of my money because my thing is always to save it, save it, invest it, put it into something, find some value, right? I, I hate wasting money. You know, even things like holidays. I hardly ever go on holiday because I feel like that's a total waste of money most of the time. Right, you with me, guys? Because I know people love holidays, but, you know, do you ever go on holiday and feel like you got great value for it? Very, very rare. Um, you know, it just seems to me as soon as you get to a destination, the primary objective of everyone in that country is to rip you off right as much as possible um i'll give you a great example of this i went to cancun for my honeymoon i really wanted one of those mexican shirts like jerseys you know football shirts um now i know that obviously there's going to be loads of fake ones there which is cool because i'm like well i'll just get a cheap fake one that'll do me i did the same thing in argentina in chile the year before right and literally, because I was in Cancun, because I was in a place where people were on their honeymoons, lots of American tourists, people with money, they would want £100 for a fake jersey. Uh, clearly a fake one. £100. And this is in 2012. This is 11 years ago. When football shirts here wouldn't have been more than, you know, 40, 50 quid. Insanity, right? But that's my point. I would never buy that, even though I wanted one, because I was like, no, that's that's a bad investment. I hate making bad investments. I always like to put money in in good opportunities. And that's my point. If someone like me can sit there and go, okay, I, I've seen the in-play stats, I've seen the pre-match stats, they're both good, I'm going to go with the trade. And I can sit back and relax and not worry if it loses. Then how the hell much confidence must I have in the process? to feel that way when i'm someone who hates putting good money after bat i know that they're solid investments when you actually you use smart thinking with betfair trading it's the best investment you can make and it's funny because we're in the gambling industry and people can go 
oh, well, you know, gambling's got a really bad reputation for people losing money. Yeah, of course it does. Of course it has a reputation for people losing money because most people just go and mug their money off on Betfred or something like that. Or, you know, go and stick some money on on the weekend on an acker because they like the name of the team or they support those teams, you know, or they like the colour of the kits. Nonsense, right? Nonsense like that has, has ruined the reputation of actually something like Betfair where you're not betting against bookies, you're not taking the horrendous edge, often you're getting a very good edge and you're able to make money trading on Betfair as many people have proven over the last two decades and will continue to do so over the next two decades. So I really, 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 really strongly believe that Betfair trading will be a good investment for you but use your brain when you're doing it. Don't just go, well, this trade didn't work. I don't know why. And then you message me and I go, well... The team had two games left and they were clearly on their holidays. I mean, I'm not going to be back in Burnley at the moment because they've pretty much sewn up the championship. I'm not going to be back in Middlesbrough because they've got nothing to play for. And they actually lost to Rotherham the other day because of that. And I'm I'm fairly certain they don't lose that game a few weeks ago when they're really going for a top two finish. Okay, you know, maybe maybe I'm just being wishful thinking there. But I think the reality is that you guys know. There's a lot of teams that go on their holidays. There's a lot of teams that don't try and win at this stage of season. There's a lot of teams that don't have a lot to play for and live up to that billing. Yeah. And at the same time, there's a lot of teams that suddenly start to kick into gear. And that can be a problem because if you're looking at the stats and then you go, well, pre-match, this team doesn't score much or whatever. And then suddenly they win matches you're not expecting them to and it hurts you. And you go, how did that happen? Then you go, oh. Actually, looking in play stats, I could see this team was well on top and they needed the win more. You know, it's amazing how many teams that need that win more suddenly get that win, even against good opposition. You will see it in the last few weeks of the Premier League. I promise you now, you will see games where you go, well, they shouldn't have beaten them. And they will they will stun you because they will need the win and the other team won't. And that is just simply what happens time and time again. All right, guys. Hope you've enjoyed the podcast. Hope you've learned something. Hope this is going to save you from making some big mistakes at the end of the season. I hope you'll have a great time. You know, I don't trade at the end of the season. I'm not even going to update some of the sheets for a while um, from the daily email because I... Look, it's up to you. The reason we send out the selections, it's up to you if you trade these games. If you can get the in-play stats, great, and it backs it up, great. Well, I'm not going to be trading stuff. Set and forget that I don't have the stats to at the moment. All right, guys, have a great week. And most importantly, make some money trading on Betfair.